بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد صلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ ٹو نائٹ از دا سیونتھ آف مے ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ of the eminent companion Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu and the last report I mentioned was the famous report recorded in Sayyid Bukhari and Muslim in which he was instructed to recite the Quran to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and when he recited from Surah Nisa reached verse 41 the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa told him to stop and he was weeping So the question to pose is why did our beloved messenger weep وسلم, and why did he ask him to stop here? So Hafiz Qastalani in his commentary of Bukhari Irshad al-Sari volume 7 page 83 he said in reciting to each other one gets a chance to ponder over the meanings and the purport of the Quran based upon this When Rasulullah reached the verse, then his eyes were flowing with tears. This was a result of pondering. So Hafiz Qastarani, his understanding, Rahmatullah, was because that the verse was referring to the Prophet himself, where he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we bring you as a witness against these people. So because of his pondering over that particular passage, he couldn't continue, and he, that's why he was weeping. Hafiz Qastalani also said, Rahmatullah in Irshad al-Sadi, volume 7, page 83, this verse is a great bounty for the Prophet sallallahu and his ummah, for it is a great bounty to be made a witness over the Prophet So he hasn't mentioned the verse, the full verse reads, Surah Nisa, Surah 4, verse 41, Audhu Shaitan al-Rajim. فَكَيْفَ إِذَا جِئْنَا مِنْ قُلِّ أُمَّةٍ بِشَهِيدٍ وَجِئْنَا بِقَعَلَا هَاؤُلَاءِ شَهِيدًا How then if we brought from each ummah a witness and we brought you sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a witness against these people Hafiz Qastalani said rahmatullah alayhi Indeed this is such a bounty that a person cannot be grateful enough for Thus, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also wept upon this. Hence, his weeping was also out of happiness and not out of grief. So, the second reason according to Hafiz Qastalani, the Prophet wept sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was because if you read the full verse, Allah Ta'ala mentions that we, this ummah, we will bear witness to the previous prophets. Alayhi salatu wa sallam. And then Hafiz Qastalani said, this is such a great blessing that Rasulullah wept out of happiness for us. That Allah is. So now we need to explain this. How are we going to bear witness to the prophets? <coughs> so there's reports. In Sayyid Bukhari, Sayyid Muslim, Nasai, Ibn Majah, Ahmad and Mishkat, our beloved Messenger said, Nuh, he will be called. He will be asked, Did you convey the message? He, alayhi salatu wasalam, will respond, Yes. 
But his nation will negate this because he didn't deliver the message. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then ask Nuh alayhi salatu wa salam who will now bear witness in your favor. Nuh alayhi salatu wa salam will reply Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam and his followers. Those day I the believers from this ummah will testify that Nuh alayhi salatu wa salam conveyed the message and the messenger sallallahu alayhi salam in turn will be a witness over yourselves. And this is the meaning of the following verse. In Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah 2, verse 143. وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا لِتَكُونُوا شُهَدَاءَ عَلَى النَّاسِ وَيَكُونَ الرَّسُولُ عَلَيْكُمْ شَهِيدًا Thus have we made you an ummah justly balanced, that you might be witnesses over mankind, and the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam be a witness over yourselves. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Bukhari and Muslim. So on the day of judgment, Allah the Almighty and Glorious is going to ask his messengers and prophets, did you convey the message? And of course they will say yes. The unbelievers are in desperate measures, so they, they lie because no, they didn't. So look how interesting. When Allah Ta'ala asks Nuh who's going to bear witness in your favor? You would have thought he's going to say the Sahaba. He doesn't mention them. He goes, Muhammad and his followers. So question, we didn't witness it. The scholars explained the Quran. So he goes, Nuh honors us. And then the Prophet said, you will testify. He conveyed the message. And then I will testify over you. Because this is the meaning of this verse. Surah 2 verse 143. We have made you an ummah justly balanced that you might be witnesses over mankind and Rasulullah be a witness over yourselves. So this is in Bukhari and Muslim. In Imam Ahmad's Musnad, it mentions that other nations will also belie their respected prophets. And the same procedure takes place. So it's not just Nuh. So maybe... For instance, Ibrahim denied, so he will turn to us. We will say he passed the message. For instance, Musa might deny. We will say he passed the message and Rasulullah will testify for us. So going back to what Hafiz Kastalani says, he said this is why the Prophet wept at that verse. So what's the verse? The verse is Surah 4 verse 41. How then if we brought from each nation a witness and we brought you as a witness against these people. So this is again clarifying different parts of the Quran. Hafiz Aini, he commented, Rahmatullah, in Umdatul Qari, volume 12, page 534. Rasulullah sallallahu will have to give testimony over the prophets, on the day of judgment. And it is thus apparent how great this matter is. Subsequently, the weeping was a display of his fearful condition. This is in Umdatul Qari, volume 12, page 534. So Hafiz Aini, he goes, the Prophet wept at verse 41. The reason he wept was because he will have to testify over the other Prophets. So it was out of like fear, thinking, you know, they've turned to me. So he's weeping out of fear, I, for the great responsibility Allah the last placed upon his shoulders. So let's summarize all this. So in summary, 
our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he wept over abdullah ibn mas'ud's recital due to four reasons the first his beautiful recital obvious like jibril alaihi salatu wasallam second reason his pondering over the holy verses obviously there's nobody like the prophet and the quran he was a living quran so he was pondering and he was weeping he couldn't carry on stop the third his gratitude for the great favor given to his ummah because we will testify look at the honor how strange that is how are we going to testify for the prophets it should be the other way around but if you think about it that's the honor given to this ummah we will testify for the prophets so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he's weeping out of joy and the fourth his fear at the responsibility given to him on that awesome day so is there any contradiction no all of that is true so when a person goes why did the prophet weep they don't give a comprehensive answer because oh, he, the quran moved him you think oh, that's the sheikh hadith <laughs> right so rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam sheikh hadith you know no out of fear you guess it now brother right so the response is don't guess don't talk without you know with your own wisdom what the ulama said and look at the beautiful clarifications they give and it's all to do with his love for us as well sallallahu alaihi wasallam Indeed, our beloved Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam would often hear the beautiful recital of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, رضي الله It is related. There was a tribe called Bani Zafar, which was a branch of the famous tribe of Aws. This tribe inhabited an area towards the east of Jannat al-Baqi, near Harra Sharqiya. So let's break it down. So. We know who the Banu Aws is, the Aws and the Khazraj. These are two famous clans, the tribes of the Ansar. Just like the Quraysh, they got sub-tribes. So from the Aws, there was a sub-tribe. It was called Bani Zafar. So the name Zafar, we have we actually call people Zafar, right? So there's a tribe from the Aws called Bani Zafar. Where was that tribe situated? Jannat al-Baqi is where the Sahaba are buried, next to Masjid al-Nabi. Their tribe was towards the east of Baki, so they're situated there. Masjid Bani Zafar used to be situated there. It is also known as Masjid Baghla. So you will be so far. So you got Bani Zafar, you got a masjid to the east of Jannat al-Baki called Masjid Bani Zafar, also Masjid Baghla. It is related in Tabarani in Iskabir, volume 19, page 243, number 546. that once while sitting on a rock there our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam listened to the blessed recital of abdullah ibn mas'ud radiyallahu and he thereupon wept so much that his blessed beard became wet with tears i thus the rock was blessed with our beloved messenger's hallowed presence and priceless tears together with hearing the angelic recital of abdullah ibn mas'ud So Rasulullah sitting at that spot, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he's on a rock, sitting on a rock. Ibn Masud recite, the Prophet is moved to tears. So how is that rock blessed? Three ways. Rasulullah sat on the rock, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. His blessed tears probably also fell on the rock, and Ibn Masud's recite of the rock heard his recite. That blessed rock was thereupon placed in the Masjid Bani Zafar as a holy relic. from which to derive the barrok so the sahaba kept that rock it was put into a masjid which was built masjid bani zafar 
and they would go there to ask Allah Ta'ala to fulfill their needs and their needs will be fulfilled. For instance, it is related in Jazb Al-Qulub, page 128, by some historians, that childless women would make a dua sitting upon it and would thereupon be blessed with children. So what they do? The rock was there and a woman apparently can't have children. So she'd actually sit on the rock and she'd make dua. And lo and behold, before long, she was pregnant. Other sacred relics could also be found in Masjid Bani Zafar. So it's not just the rock, there was other things there as well. This is the disaster. Alas, recently the authorities have done away with these priceless treasures. Those neither the masjid, what about the relics? Neither the masjid nor the relics exist now. Except the blessings of that blessed air of that holy place. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. So think about that. What on earth did they do? You know, even with somebody with just little understanding, he will say, look, okay, many people are coming to in Medina now, but you can't touch that place. This is the place where people's needs get fulfilled. Why is it a holy place? You mentioned the report. There's a history behind it. So, okay, maybe the masjid needed to be dismantled. Let's think good. Okay, why did you get rid of the relics? So think about it. Somewhere down our history, they got rid of the rock. Which Muslim in his right frame of mind would do that? Or at least not question what we're doing. So that's why the scholars say, you go there, there's nothing there now. Imagine, east of uh, Janat al-Baki, middle of nowhere, he made dua, say, Ya Allah, I'd love to have been where the rock was. I don't know where it was. I've come as far as I know where it is. Right? And again, note the destruction that's taking place, astaghfirullah, all these holy places. Now think about it. Who was reciting the Quran there? Look at the status of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Whoever he recited the Quran, he was also blessed. Granted, first and foremost, he was Rasulullah. Just as our beloved Messenger would love to hear the recital from others, so did Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. It wasn't just, you know, that he, the Prophet, enjoyed it and nobody, ibn Mas'ud, loved to hear it as well. For instance, in Ahmad in his Musnad, number 3550, Sahih li Abu Hayyan al-Ashya'i, rahmatullah he said, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu once said to me, Iqra aliyya min al-Qur'an, recite some Qur'an to me. I responded, Alaysa minka ta'allamtu wa anta tukri'una. Are you not the one I learnt it from? And are you not the one who taught it to us? He responded, I came to Rasulullah one day, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and he said to me, Iqra aliyya min al-Qur'an, recite some Qur'an to me. I responded, Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, alaysa alayka unzil wa minka ta'allamna. Are you not the one to whom it was revealed? And are you not the one from whom we have learnt it? He responded, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Bala, walakinni uhibbu an asma'ahu min ghayni. Undoubtedly, However, I love to hear it from someone else. So let's look at this. So this is a Sahih Hadith in Imam Ahmad's Musnad. So this is a Tabi'in. Abu Hayyan al-Ashja'i. So he was told by Ibn Masood, recite Quran. So, 
He goes, you, we learned it from you and you taught us. You want me to decide the Quran? And he just mentioned what the, what the Prophet said to him. Because I'm just following the Sunnah. I like to hear it. If he loved to hear it, I love to hear it. And similarly, in another report, in Kanzul Umal, volume 3, page 39, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu summoned Al-Qama to recite the Quran because he had a beautiful recital. Then whilst reciting, Ibn Mas'ud would say, Zidna fidaka abi wa ummi. Increase it for us. May my father and mother be sacrificed for you. I heard the Prophet of Allah saying, reciting the Quran with a beautiful voice enhances its beauty. So this is the famous student, Al-Qama. And his voice was also phenomenal. And what he said to him was, please don't stop. Zidna fidaka abi wa ummi from may my mother and father be sacrificed. Carry on. Because the Quran's beauty is enhanced with a beautiful voice. So now, like I mentioned, the scholars have differed. Is it better to recite the Quran or is it better to listen to the Quran? So these reports indicate listening. And also the Quran itself says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in, uh, in a verse in Surah Araf, وَإِذَا قُرِعَ الْقُرْآنُ فَاسْتَمِئُوا لَهُ وَأَنْسِتُوا لَعَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُونَ When the Qur'an is recited, listen to it in silence so that you may be shown mercy. So it's the Qur'an. Allah Ta'ala is telling you that. He goes, listen to the Qur'an. When it's recited, I will show you mercy. In a hadith in Imam Ahmad's Musnad, he has some weakness. Noor is given to you if you listen to the Qur'an. And it increases. The more you listen to the Qur'an, the more Noor Allah Ta'ala blesses you with. And of course, the angels come and the shaitans disappear. We know the famous report. So note, it's not just the Prophet asking the Sahaba. The Sahaba would ask their students. And of course, even now, the Shayyuf say, look, please recite the Quran. We like to hear the Quran from others. This is the Sunnah which the Prophet established. Consider also the following most informative report. When Abdullah ibn Abbas was asked, whose recital was the best? Now think about that. Who's been asked? Tarjumanul Quran. Who called in Tarjumanul Quran? Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. <laughs> right? So this is in Ibn Sa'ad in his tabakat. So the interpreter of the Quran, he was asked, who's got the best recital? He said in Ibn Sa'ad in his tabakat, the recital of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. I will tell you why. Because Rasulullah sallallahu would recite the Quran to him once every Ramadan. And twice in the year of his passing. Subhanallah. Now think about that. Famously in the Sayyish, we know that Jibreel would recite the entire Quran to the Prophet in Ramadan. We know that. Mentioned in Sayyish Bukhari. And we know famously that in the last year of his life, it was recited twice. So the, he was either reciting and listening or vice versa. Who did Rasulullah echo that to? Now think about that. So every Ramadan, Rasulullah would say, whatever's been revealed of the Quran at the time, Ibn Masood, recite, or I'm going to recite to you. In the last year of his holy life, it was recited twice. Now what's interesting, in which month did Rasulullah pass away? So the Lord is, so. When he was 63. Which month? Rabbi al-Awwal. Ashiks, right? Rabbi al-Awwal. Rabbi al-Awwal is the third month of Islam. Muharram Safar Rabbi al-Awwal. In which month was the Quran recited in its entirety to Rasulullah? 
Ramadan. Ramadan is the ninth month. In the last year of his life, in Ramadan, it was decided twice. So if you go logically on, there's another six months before he's passing away. So six months before Rasulullah passed away, who did he recite the Quran twice to? So Ibn Abbas had was asked, who's got the best recital? You know, you can imagine his expression to say, obvious, Ibn Masood. But then he had to explain to him. He goes, Rasulullah would recite the Quran to him once every Ramadan and twice in the year of his passing. So what was Rasulullah preparing Ibn Masood for? The Quran. Because you are going to be the jurist. So note, he had a great connection with the Quran and Rasulullah And this is part of his status that Allah Ta'ala has, has blessed him with. So all I mentioned today was basically the clarification why did our beloved messenger weep upon reaching verse 41, Ibn Masood's title of Surah Nisa? Why did the Prophet weep? And there's four reasons given by the scholars and they all clarify Surah Al-Awwal. Secondly, I then mentioned that it wasn't a one-off. People think this is a one-off that the Prophet heard Ibn Masood Nisa, he wept. It happened also at Bani Zafar, the branch tribe, where there's a, there was a masjid which they've dismantled now. And sadly, the blessings have gone from there. They've destroyed the relics. And then I also, and also, if you think about it, the companions, in fact, there's a hadith. The Prophet said, do not take away the relics of Al-Madina, the blessings of Al-Madina. There's a direct hadith in Sharh, uh, Imam Tahawi, in one, in one of his works. And Ibn Umar, in Bayhaki, he would even water a tree where the Prophet just sat once on a journey. So imagine this wasn't in Al-Madinah. He was on a journey and the Prophet just rested under the tree. And that one-off was enough for Ibn Masood to look after that tree. Now what do you think he would have thought of what's going what's gonna to happen? <laughs> Which, you know, in our era, now you go, there's nothing there. Just supermarkets, right? So note again, you know, the tragedy was happening around the holy, holy cities. And then I mentioned, of course, Ibn Masood also loved to hear others recite the Quran. Especially his noble students who was preparing and then, of course, I mentioned the famous report about the Prophet reciting the Quran twice, Jibreel reciting it to him twice, and then he passing that on to Ibn Mas'ud. Are there any questions you want Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wal Allah